the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour, and we are going to play 18 holes, make 18 bets for this week's Genesis Invitational for our regular listeners. I know it might sound like Benny and I hate each other here on the pod, but we're actually friends, and we actually just spent the entire week hanging out, uh, mostly on the craps table late at night, Benny. Yeah, it was a pretty good week in Phoenix, wasn't it? We we did okay, um, hanging on out there and enjoyed uh, watching Scotty Scheffler just get it done once again. Uh, look, pretty methodical, wasn't it, what he was able to do in the end. We were hoping for a big showdown there on Sunday with Ram and uh, just didn't eventuate because Chef was just putting it in the putting it on the green, throwing, throwing in the putts. So um, when you're that good, you're that good, but... Uh, can he maintain it? I guess we'll find out because this week we're at the Genesis Invitational here in my little adopted hometown, mate. Yeah, out in LA where uh, I know you'll be checking out the proceedings there. We've got all of the best players in the world playing once again, all the best players on the PGA Tour, I guess I should say, playing once again at yeah. Riviera, which is one of the absolute uh, classiest golf courses on the PGA Tour circuit. Um, love this one. Sad that I won't be there, but I'm not sure my uh, uh, I can handle another one physically uh, after <laughs> being in Scottsdale all last week, which was a, a great week. Uh, if if we ever see you in person, we'll we'll tell you some stories, but uh, that's for another pod, another time. But yeah, can't wait for this one. And throw Tiger Woods into the mix as well. Tiger's odds have been moving all over the place, and not in a preferential way towards him. So. They have been ballooning. We will get into some Tiger odds as we start making our bets. But, Benny, let's get right to it. 18 holes, 18 bets. You are on the first tee at Riviera, which means at least you're going downhill. You you can't, you know, you'll at least advance this one. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so I'm ready to go here. And, look, as always, I'm going to give a winner. And uh, despite being bitten on the backside last week by this gentleman, I am going back to the well. Well rested after not making the cut last week. Colin Morikawa is mm. a pick for me this week because bet three six five two, boosting him to plus twenty five hundred from twenty from two thousand. If you go down the Morikawa route, they are not as confident as I am that he can bounce back and play well. He was runner up at Riviera before, uh, and I just I feel again elite ball striking. Uh, it's the type of course where you do not have to be the best putter on tour to do well. Um, you've got the power in it, and you, as long as you're you know, hitting enough greens and making a fair amount of your putts, you're going to be right up there. So with the boost there to 2,500 and the fact that he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder from missing that cut and well-rested from the weekend, I am yep. going to go back to the well for Colin Morikawa. He was my pick last week. He was not far off. You and I walked a, a few holes with him during the Wednesday Pro-Am, and the swing looked good. Uh, his uh, demeanor was fantastic. We just sat there hanging out with him. It was great. You uh, Can I give this up, Benny? Sure, mate. Go for it. You were, you were trying to shoot a little video of him, and you go, come on, Colin, I need you to flush one. You know, Give me a good one. He's, oh, okay, I'm sorry. 
And then the next one, he absolutely flushed. And he turned around. He's like, was that good? How was that? I mean, it's just, <laughs> he's just a nice guy. You know, we just had a good yeah. time. We're watching him like it. The swing looks really good. The, the, uh, the wedge play around the greens, the putting was not as good as it's been for Colin, but yes, I, I agree. I like a bounce back that this week. That's a good number for him. I don't mind a play on Morikawa there, but for the second hole, I am going to go with an Australian just because I want to get to him before you do. Adam Scott absolutely <laughs> loves this golf course. Classy player, classy golf course. They've always fit each other ever since he was the unofficial winner of the 36-hole weather-shortened event back in 2005. He's had seven top tens and 14 career starts. At 55 to one, I think it's a great number. And quite honestly, Ben, I, I've been looking at Adam for the last year, year and a half as a guy that has probably, his performance has probably exceeded his results. And what I mean by that is he's played well enough to win somewhere and hasn't just quite gotten the, you know, big time result, but wouldn't surprise me if it came here once again. Yeah, I'll get to Adam a little later on uh, as we go down the board. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you another thing. It's a small thing, but it's something. The fact that his uh, his mate and um, contemporary Justin Rose just won is another reason that Adam Scott will be fired up Ooh. to do well. Cool. Let's go to the third hole then, and um, all right, let's just get into it. Tiger, right? Oh. Like if people are going to want to get into Tiger bets. I I want to love Tiger. I do love Tiger. I want him to do well. It'd be phenomenal though if he made the cut. So look, if if I'm thinking about going anywhere near Tiger. It's that he won't make the weekend. And you know what? It'd be one of those bets that you put down. And if it doesn't come off, you're not that you're not that upset. You're not that upset. So that's where I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards whatever the number you can find on Miss the Cut. Uh, unfortunately, that's where you've got to look for Tiger. It's ballooning out. You get it 150, 180, 200 to one for him to win this thing. I mean, look, dare to dream, but I just I can't see it happening. I'd love it to happen. I'd be the first to admit that I wrote him off if he was able to win this week. Um, but look, it's sometimes, you know, we all we all are a little self-deprecating with our, with our uh, picks sometimes. This would be one of those ones where I'm like, I'm going to pick him just so I hope he does well because he'll go against me and, I'll, you know, and whatever it is. So look, I can only advocate miscut, but I hope I'm way wrong. Yeah, by the way, one odds maker told me that on Friday after Tiger committed to this event, he opened up with missed cut odds for Tiger at minus 155, saw immediate action, moved the line to minus 170, then minus 250, and finally minus 300, all in the span of about five hours. So, Benny, yeah. you are not the only one on Tiger to miss the cut. I'm going to go with a Tiger fade, but a different one. Uh, it is currently 541 a.m. Pacific time. As we're speaking and recording this podcast, Benny, I have not seen tee times. Uh, you are privy to more PGA Tour information than I am. Have you seen any tee times on where Tiger might be? Look, my understanding is Tiger will play in the afternoon on Thursday. And, oh. and on Thursday, he will most likely play with good friend Justin Thomas mm -hmm. and Rory McIlroy. And they will be in the afternoon featured group on Thursday at this time. Subject to change, but that is the at the action at the moment that he'll be in the TV window on Thursday and then early morning Friday um, with those two players. Uh, yeah, so again, afternoon, we'll see. Um, that that surprises look, me, Benny. I would have thought yeah. that, and let's you know, let's face it, as the tournament host, 
Tiger can sort of call his own shots here. And I would have thought he'd want the extra rest and go out uh, early Thursday and then be able to go late Friday. I, I, this is the cynic in me thinking. Again, Tiger would have the choice here. We are going to have 130-plus players. We sometimes have daylight issues here. I think Tiger wants to be done by Friday if he's going to be done. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. If he's going to be wow. done, he wants to be done by Friday. Um, and if he's not, he's ready to rumble. Uh, look, whichever way it goes, yeah, he's going to have to figure it out. But you're right, he's gone for the back-to-back -back rounds, I guess. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, and look, we'll see him. We'll see him today. We'll talk to him today. And we'll have that answer. People will have that answer when they listen to the pod. But um, yeah, as it as it stands now, and it could change in the next six hours or whatever before they release it. That's where he's slated to go. And okay. uh, so, so the the bet three six five, you know, plus or minus, it's position eighty for Tiger. I'm still thinking below. All right. Well, as I get to the fourth hole here, this was largely based on. My thought that he would have an early tee time on Thursday. It's a, a little chilly. Uh, maybe the back's a little tight. But even with an afternoon tee time, I, I will take the over on 73 and a half as a round one score for Tiger Woods. Um, I, I don't love it as much in the afternoon as I did in the morning. But still, first competitive round back. Look, our expectations should be very low for Tiger this week. I think his own expectations are low for himself i think it's great that he's teeing it up first time in a non-major in about 16 months but we shouldn't expect him to go out there and just start firing birdies everywhere this is essentially a spring training game for tiger hopefully he can play one more before we get to augusta and then he feels healthy he's got those competitive juices flowing he's got those reps as he likes to call them going into the major championship season yeah 100 percent. again I, I'm happy to be proven wrong here, for sure and certain. But I, he's just getting things back under his belt, isn't he? And and look, and the other thing to remember is he's never won at Riviera. It's the one course where he's played multiple times on tour that he hasn't been able to win. So even if he was at full fitness, um, you know, deciding whether he would win this week would be still up up for grabs, you know, it would still be up in the air. So just, just yep. let's temper expectation, hopefully be surprised is what I'd like to say. Yep. Uh, all right. So there's four holes down. Let's go to a top 10 play. Now, Riviera can be a place that obviously can reward any, any type of player as long if you, if you've got your accuracy, right? You don't have to be stupid long. So this is a time where I'm feeling like I'm going to go, to Matt Fitzpatrick at plus 360 for a top 10. A good number for me for a guy that's won a, won a US Open, showing how uh, accurate he can be. Uh, I saw the number 360 and thought, you know what? Matt Fitzpatrick can play well here. He has in the past. I believe uh, he was T5 last year. So a top 10 at plus 360, the number intrigued me. So I love this golf course for Fitzpatrick. I don't love him right now. There's a little consternation going on last week. I, I just, yeah. there, there was something going on with Fitzpatrick and I, I don't know what it was, but he was not happy with himself, not happy with his own game. I don't think he's quite where he wants to be right now. And so for me, he's still a fade until we see a little bit more. It wasn't terrible during the week, but it certainly wasn't great. So I'm going to, I take a little wait and see on him. Uh, for my sixth hole, I'm going to go with a top five 
on a guy who, quite frankly, and we don't see many players undervalued in the marketplace anymore. The odds makers are smart. The public's smart. I mean, the numbers are what they are. I don't think everyone quite realizes just how good Sun JM really is. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who should probably be priced at the same level as a Patrick Cantlay, as a Colin Morikawa, as a Xander Shoffley, and he's still in a tier that's just a little below them. For that reason, first of all, I love him in matchups against some of those guys. And secondly, I really like finding some props where he's got a little bit more value than they do. I'm taking him for a top five at bet three, six, five. He is plus 600. I think that's a really good number for Sunjay, who's uh, finished uh, in the top five, uh, top 10, at least, uh, I think in each of his last two starts. And they were, let's see, one of those was the top five. I think one was a sixth place finish. But in any case, you get, you get what I'm saying. He's been really close. He's playing well. He's trending in the right direction. Yeah, look, I'm never going to go against an uh, international President's Cup team member, mate. You know that. So, <laughs> um, again, a ball striker that could absolutely um, fire at Riviera if he gets his best game in order. Uh, top five for me, then. Top five for me, I'll go down the... I'll go to the guy that you just can't ignore. Um, you can use him in your outrights as well. He's um, very close to being my first hold this week. Uh Winner the last two times he's played in California this season. Mm. Max Homer, top five, plus 450. He's won the event before. Um, absolutely loves the joint. Literally one of his favourite courses, if not his favourite course on tour. Um, was a little cranky, as we saw in one of the clips last week, with how he yeah. went. But the fact that he didn't contend last week actually excites me more for this week. Um, I think he'll be a little rested I don't think his game has fallen apart because he had a 30th place finish. I think his mind was probably somewhat thinking towards next week. And when I, yeah. I was actually on course with his group when we got word Tiger was within 10 minutes of announcing that he was going to play um, and was walking on the 15th hole before they went into the 16th and said to Max, hey, Max, uh, guess what? Uh, the big cat said he's going to play next week. And his Broke eyes lit up. His eyes literally lit up. And he was like, he's really, you know, like he was super excited and it sort of already got him jazzed. Because he said, and by the way, he said, we should chair Tiger up and down the Riviera Hill, carry him up and down like a king <laughs> so that there's no issue with him getting up and down there in that, it, uh, that massive hill at Riviera. Because that is the one thing, by the way, those stairs to go up at Riv uh, are no joke. So hopefully Tiger goes up the cart path or... Uh, Something something is you done. Just hop in a cart next to the 18th green. And someone drives him up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I see. I, obviously, you could do that between rounds. I have no idea if that's some sort of competitive edge, I, but it's I, not you usually. Know what? It is. You can't do it. It's a, it's a two-shot penalty, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> there's, an old, so... there's an old Guy Burroughs story about it where he was told it would be a two-shot penalty. He sat down in the cart and said, well, it's worth it. It got driven somewhere instead. So, um, but I, I think Tiger's got too much pride to actually do it. I, I kid, but Ty, Tiger will take the stairs and, and he'll be fine. But here's here's the one thing that they could do. They do in some, on weeks, you know, like at Kapalua, have the cars between holes or the shuttles between holes when it's the right time to do it. If they offer it there for every player, if it sure. sits there at the hill, they could do it that way, but they won't because it's obviously the tr the thoroughfare for the, the crowd. Just throwing yeah, that out it's, there. It's anyway. Very hard to get through the crowd. Yeah. I, anyway, Max, yes. Plus 450, top five. And I think, obviously, he can win as well. Yeah. Uh, smart play. I like that. All right. Eighth hole. 
I'm going to go with a guy who, uh, look, if you told me two Canadians would be in contention going into the final round in Phoenix, I would have bet big money that one of those Canadians was Corey Connors, and it wasn't. He finished in 50th place last week. Nick Taylor was great throughout the entire weekend. Adam Hadwin fell off the pace a little bit, but almost made an ace on Sunday, fell to his knees when it didn't go in uh, on 16. But I will go back to Corey Connors here. Uh, top 10 at plus 750. Ball striker, ball striker's golf course. It's going to start happening very soon for Connors, and I want to be on it when it does. Nice. Yeah, well, you know what? I was going to come to this guy later, but I'll throw in my little Canadian play. Uh, again, based on the 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 form, more than anything else, we talked about Hadwin, and I look, he, he struggled a little on the weekend. But at Bet365, I see that for better than 52nd places, you can get the minus 120. I, I think Adam Hadwin is in a good enough form to stay within the top 52 at Riviera this week. And I liked him as the outsider there. Like I liked the positional move for Adam Hadwin to continue some of his form, uh, make the cut at Riviera and stay inside the top 52. So I saw enough good things. I watched a lot of golf, uh, the groups that he was in because of where he was and who he was playing with. Uh, and I, I feel like any of the struggles were more about like being in contention and a little nerves than they were to do with his swing, et cetera. So uh, I'm going to say that he can definitely finish in the top 52 for the ninth I, hole. I've got one of those coming very soon. And I, I like that same exact number actually, which is sort of strange, but I guess it's a player that's uh, yeah, he's, he's at the same outright number as well. So. Uh, in any case, as we make the turn, a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free as we make the turn. We get to the back nine, and I am up on the 10th hole for this week's Genesis Invitational. And, Penny, I'm just going to read you a little something from my column this week is that okay yep go for it i haven't seen it yet so <laughs> i've got something to read for you here so here it goes my podcast partner and frequent craps table companion ben everill started <laughs> crowing to me in the middle of xander shoffley's first round last week offering reminders that he picked him for a first round leader on the pod yep. it was only fitting that benny's own aussie mate jason day clipped xander by a couple of strokes and kept him from winning picking a winner and continuing the self-applause well yeah I want to rub a little salt into this wound and make it hurt even more. So I'm taking Shoffley for the same bet this week. <laughs> other reasons, of course, not just vengeance. Greg's 11th on the PGA Tour this season with a 68.20 round one scoring average. And he's broken 70 in half of his rounds at Riv over the last two years. So he understands what it takes to go relatively low at this golf course. And just in case you think Ben won't see this, don't worry. I plan to read this entire paragraph to him. On the pod. <laughs> You're welcome, Daddy. Yes. Yeah, no worries. Great stuff. Uh good on your ex. Um, look, yeah, good pick this week. Uh, I don't actually have him in my in my uh, lineup, but there's but he's on my short list here because uh here we go. What's last five times at Riv? 13th, 15th, 23rd, 15th, 9th. Another one of the courses like last week where he's knocking on the door a few times. Um, Xander is is in reasonable form. He'll have a chip on his shoulder for the the mistakes he made um, that cost him another chance at victory in Phoenix. So not a bad play. I'll go to my first round leader then as well. And I'm going to go to one other person who I think has potential value uh, across the board, but first round leader at 40 to one 
is where I'm going to start. Now, there have been some weird correlations in some years over the last decade or so where if you play well at Riv, you can then be go well play at Augusta. There's, mm-hmm. you know, players who play well at Riv have gone on and won Augusta multiple times. Uh, with that correlation, I think we have someone who in the past has been pretty good at Augusta and is starting to trend towards a maybe a return to that this year. I will go first round later on Jordan Spieth at 40 to 1 to uh, have a crack at Riv. I feel like um, the next month is going to be very interesting because he will not be, you know, the one of the top, top favourites going to Augusta National, but he could be very good value the way he's trending his game at the moment. So anyway, I think that Riviera will give us a good look at how exactly how he's going. Having played so well in Phoenix, despite it not usually being a place that his game would be, you know, he's yes, he shot a 61 there. Yes, he's thrown up a few good rounds, but hasn't been able to maintain. We'll see if he can keep that form, the ball striking form we saw on the weekend going into Riviera. So I'm going to go for the 40 to one there on Jordan Spieth and think about him across the board. I think some special things are coming for Jordan Spieth. It's funny. I was speaking with his caddy, Michael Greller before the opening round last week. And he said, you know, all of us critics in the media and the public, of course, we can't see the forest through the trees because all of the top players in the world say, what do they tell us all the time? I'm trying to peak four times a year. I want to peak yeah. for the major yeah. championships. And then it's mid-February and a player hasn't peaked yet. And we're like, what's wrong with so-and-so? Yeah. Well, maybe they just haven't peaked yet, which is exactly what they're trying to do. And so Spieth was coming off a missed cut, a 63rd place finish going into Phoenix. And I'm like, that's sort of the whole point. You're not supposed to peak in yeah. late January, early February. You're trying to build up. I think Jordan's done a very good job over the last couple of years of staying patient, of realizing that, look, for as much as I'd like to win every tournament that I want to play, let's just kind of build up to a crescendo. He started playing much better in Phoenix, tied for six this past weekend, and quite play his best golf on Sunday. But yes, Benny, I do like him this week, and I like him at Augusta as well. So uh, that's coming up. We're only, uh, what, less than less six than two months away? Yeah. 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 We're, we're getting there. So I like that a lot. All right, I'll get to the 12th hole here player that I just think is a great fit for Riviera. I don't know. I could be way off on this, but I wrote him up as a small outright play at 170 to one. I'm going to play him here for a top 20 because in his rookie season, he is eight of eight making the cut and has four top 20 finishes. I know everyone's all over Taylor Montgomery for rookie of the year, but Thomas Dietrich is a supreme talent. This kid is really, really good. He's got nine top three finishes on the DP world tour in his career where he's played most of his golf, you can question the win equity a little bit because he's never won over there. So I don't know that he's all of a sudden going to start winning here, especially against a big boy field like we have this week. But for a top 20, I think Thomas Dietrich is a really smart play this week. Well, his World Cup winning partner, Thomas Peters, uh, loves Riviera, loves the joint, and will be giving him all sorts of uh, uh, ex- you know, insight um, for sure. That's, that's no doubt about that. I'll throw you a long shot for the 13th hole. And this is just the Aussie in me thinking that why not throw some importance on winning the Australian Open. But Adrian Moronk from the, yeah. the DP World Tour is playing at 140, 150 to 1 this week. And yes, as I said, winner of the Aussie Open last last year, uh, fourth in the, what is it, Al Kamini Championship on the DP World Tour uh, in his last start. 
uh, I just saw that massive number and thought, here's a guy that's probably probably so massive because most people don't know who he is, and me included. When he won the Australian Open, I was asking people, who is this guy? And he and he's had form though leading. I should have paid more attention. Like he's an up and comer there, and uh, just like that number. 140, you know, he could do something. He could surprise. I'm sure he won't be feeling intimidated at all. He is, first of all, he's from Poland. He's the best Polish player that we've ever seen. He's 6'6", six, 6'7". <laughs> six, six, I play with a buddy um, who's the the same height. We call him Giraffe. I wonder yeah. if we can apply that nickname to Adrian Moran, call him the Giraffe. Sounds good to me. Maybe the tallest guy in all of at least elite-level professional golf. I, although, who's... Who's the dude who played? There's a guy that played a few events last year or two years ago that's like 6'10", that hits it like 900 yards every time. But oh. I, I don't know. The name escapes me. But yeah, uh, James something. I'm sure our listeners are yeah, are yelling it at the podcast screen right now, telling us who it is. But in any case, um, at least Moronk is up there. We'll call him uh, Adrian the Giraffe Moronk. But, yes, I, I do like that. I think that um, the more he plays over here in the States, the better he's going to feel, the better, the more comfortable he is. All right. Anyway, we get to the 14th hole, and you mentioned Adam Hadwin for that player market bet at 52nd or better. I've got the same bet with a different player, 52nd or better on Wyndham Clark. Wyndham yep. Clark coming off a top 10 last week. He's yep. played this event three times. Last year, he was DQ'd. He had a big score in the first round and signed an incorrect scorecard. But the previous two times he played, an eighth place to the 17th place, he has not finished outside the top 52 in his last seven starts. This is just not something that... Wyndham yep. Clark does. This is a great number on him. I get it. All these player market bets at Bet365 are minus 120, so you're giving up a little juice, but this is a tremendous play on a guy who's playing some really good golf. Got some inside info on him the other day, and all I can tell you is he's mirroring some of the work that some of the game's top players are doing right now, and it's going to start working for him. He's going to start uh, having some really good finishes uh, very, very soon. Don't be surprised if Wyndham Clark is a PGA Tour champion by the time the summer is over. Yeah, look, I can't disagree with you there, man. He's he is trending in the right direction, that's for sure. All right, seven, uh, 15th hole, sorry. Top 20 play for me. A guy that, again, fits the mold of these players that I've been talking it up, you know, ball strikes, et cetera, around Riviera. Um, I'm going to go with he, the guy who has been fifth and fourth in his previous starts as a 68.38 scoring average around Riviera in his short career. Victor Hovland, plus 130 for a top 20. I think Victor's a chance to uh, surprise because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't sort of kicked on since the Hero World Challenge. Uh, but again, Riviera brings out guys who um, can sort of come from nowhere, if you will, if they just have a good week. And um, I'm expecting Victor to have one of those. He's another guy I'm fading, Benny. Um, I fade just, him. I'll take you. Let's take it. You and me go head to head. I will, I will take those. Uh, I will book those Fitzpatrick and Hovland bets that you're making because I am just, those, those are two guys that I like in general, but I am taking a wait and see approach and I have off them until I, I see a little bit more from each of those guys. I love it when we disagree. We finally got some action between each I, other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially on, on a, a golf course with smaller greens where Victor's not going to hit. 18 greens in regulation, so he's going to be chipping. And, uh, we all know those wedges around the greens are not great. Yes, I, I see him now hitting 18 greens in the first round. Thanks for that. Good work. Okay, all right. <laughs> he probably will. That's, that's <laughs> all right. I get to the 16th hole, and look, this is not a play of put all your money on this prop. It's a just kind of look out. Here's a guy that you probably haven't even thought of. He probably hasn't even entered your consciousness 
in the last couple of years, but very, very gradually, Tevin Tway is starting to play some decent golf. I've always kind of liked his game. Uh-huh. He's a good win player. Um, you know, he's a guy that drives it really well. The game has been, quite honestly, very poor. Last year, he made 29 starts in the 2022 uh, campaign and missed the cut in 20 of them with only two finishes better than 25th or 30th, something like that. It was, it's, it wasn't very good. He's now played five events here in 2023. He's made the cut in four of them. I'm going Kevin Tway for a top 40. Again, this is less a put all your money on Kevin Tway and more a hey, keep Kevin Tway just in the back of your mind moving forward. He's a guy that's still going to have a lot of value as he's starting to play better. These are guys that I – I like playing somewhere because the markets haven't quite caught up to their play. It's not like you went out and finished second last week and all of a sudden there's a huge market correction. It's like there was an 18th, there was a 35th. The odds makers aren't really uh, clamming onto that, the fact that he's starting to play some good golf. So again, just a guy to keep in mind, maybe for DFS or some other purposes there. But he's a guy that I very, very you know cautiously like moving forward. All right. Hey, look, I can't. If you've done the work, you've done the legwork, you've done the research, or you know, we'll see how you see how it rolls. Um, seventeenth hole, my outright winners coming up. Look, haven't mentioned John Rahm, haven't mentioned Scheffler, haven't mentioned Finau, haven't mentioned Rory, haven't mentioned Cantlay. All of which I think can win this week. Um, so look, don't think that I'm off any of those big names, uh, but there is just a number out there that I cannot ignore, that is Adam Scott. You mentioned him earlier in the po- in the podcast, but that the number he's on, the fact that Riviera is legitimately, potentially his absolute favourite course on the tour, definitely a uh, regular tour uh, event. It's his favourite course that's out there. He's a winner of it twice, although once officially. He'll tell me when people tell him that the other one was unofficial, well, what's the trophy in my in my uh, trophy cabinet and the, yep. the check, yep. the money, I kind of spent the money that I was given. Um, so he calls it official in his own mind. Uh, look, what was it? 55 to one, 55 to one. Adam Scott is ridiculously good money for a guy who, by the way, too, chose not to play in the designated event last week to be ready for Riviera. So while everyone else was going through all the chaos and everything else that was happening out there, Adam was just honing in his game, getting ready. No doubt, I haven't, I haven't like got to him this week, but probably was here early, throwing a few rounds out there, getting, getting situated. Um, yeah, look, it's just a, it's just a great number. I know it's an awesome field, and, and those five names are rattled off, including Cantlay, who again, if you want to go back to the well, missing the cut was probably a, a bonus for him going into this week. Uh, I just think Adam, but Adam's got that number what three top sevens in his last four starts there plus all the top tens you mentioned before one of them a win adam scott for me so two things first of all uh there is no tournament that fits adam scott as well as this tournament secondly there's no tournament that doesn't fit him more than the the (laughs) phoenix open that we saw last week not a surprise that we did not see adam scott there i can't imagine that being adam's cup of tea so to speak and also by the way i was looking at the pga tour database because you're right that win in 2005 is considered unofficial. So it only shows him having one win and not two yet in the same database. It lists that as a top 10 finish, which is very, <laughs> very strange. It's it's an official top 10, but an unofficial win. I don't yeah. understand it. Adam doesn't understand it, but that's the way it is. All right. 18th all Benny. 
I did some research. Hey. I know you only saw me hanging out and we are walking the golf course and we're playing craps at night and we're having dinners and we're going out and doing stuff in between all that somewhere. I did some research because I wanted yep. to try to separate Scheffler, Rom, and Rory. I wanted to find some differential between them because I think you look at all three and you go, I don't know. Scotty's good. John's good. Rory's good. One of them might win. Well, I went and did some research and I found the splits between the three of them. First of all, Scotty Scheffler, since the beginning of last year, he has made 14 starts coming off a, a bye week, coming off an off week. Yep. All five of his wins have been coming off an off week. He has zero wins when he's playing the second week of a back-to-back. -back. Now his top 10 percentage, his average finish, they're about the same, but that is pretty telling that he has won all five of his titles when he had the week previously off. Now let's look at John Rahm. John Rahm, 20 starts globally, coming off a, a bye week. All five of his wins in the past 14 months have occurred coming off a bye week. 14 top 10s and 20 starts. Average finish, 11.6. When he's playing a back-to-back, -back, 20 starts, or excuse me, seven starts, no wins, three top 10s, average finish, 20.6, nine spots worse on the leaderboard. All right, you think, okay, that's a trend. All the top players are like that. No, not necessarily. Rory McIlroy coming off a bye week, 15 starts, two wins, nine top tens, average finish, 16.9. Pretty good. On the second week of a back-to-back, -back, Rory's made nine starts since the beginning of last year. Also has two wins and six fewer starts. Seven top tens, a much higher top 10 percentage. Average finish of 8.4, twice as good as when he has the week off beforehand. What does it all tell us? Well, first of all, it tells us that maybe Scotty and John Rahm are, are doing a little bit better prep on their bye weeks, but it also tells us that Rory sort of needs to get those juices flowing a little bit before he plays. It also tells us that if you're going to pick one of them this week, it should probably be the guy who fares the best on the second week of a back-to-back. -back. That's Rory McIlroy. That's the reason I'm going after him this week. Don't love the number at 10 to 1, but look, that's where good players are. That's what they're listed at. And I like Rory this week. I think it's going to be a big boy golf course, going to be a big boy winner. We're not going to see some 80 to one win a designated event for a little while now. Give me Rory McIlroy this week, Ben. Uh, look, I love it. I love that you've gone down that hole because, uh, you know, I, I could have been convinced on Rory based on one thing. And that was, we learned just reading between the lines last week that he wasn't fully engaged last week. He wasn't there um, with his best mindset, with his best um, stuff. Uh, and that has kept him somewhat rested. And, and if you will, he's literally almost used it as a lead-in event <laughs> to this one. He has got the reps out. He is getting the swing juices flowing. Um, also loves Riviera and has had chances there um, before. Uh, what, two top fives and a top 10 in recent, in recent memory that I can think of. So... I'm not going to argue against you, as I said. Like I, for me, when I when we do this pod, as you know, I tend to try to go from the bottom up, find us a good number, pick it that way. Um, but uh, we talked, you and I talked about this watching Scheffler win. Like he was a short number at the beginning because he's a good player, and he won. So you you just you know we love we love getting the good action, we love the numbers, but you you can't ignore the guys at the top because they will the cream does rise most of the time. Uh, so that's it. 
18 holes, 18 bets for this week's Genesis Invitational. One more reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week during the PGA Tour season. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Genesis Invitational. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.